Hey guys, welcome to the Kevin and Fred show. My name is Kevin Kaufman. I'm your host. And I just want to say thank you for taking some time out to listen with us this week. Do me a favor. If you don't mind, before we get to today's guest, head on over to ratethispodcast.com. That is ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA. That stands for next level agents. Ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA and leave us a review or just go to any podcast player that you prefer and uh, look us up, The Kevin and Fred Show, and please leave us a review. That is the best way to support our efforts here in the show. All right, let's get to today's episode. Hey guys, Kevin Kaufman. Thanks a lot again for joining us on this week's episode. Um, today's episode, I wanted to just give a little context before I just start playing it. Um, this is actually a replay of a conversation I had with some really good friends, Todd Bookspan and Dave Savage inside of their, uh, their group, Mortgage Coach Productivity Mastermind. So understand in this conversation, I'm speaking mostly to loan professionals, people in the, in the mortgage world. However, we really only talk about real estate. And so I hope you enjoy it. I thought there was some nuggets in here that I thought would be worth sharing. And rather than trying to re redo or, uh, you know, try to remember what I said and then re-say it, I figured I'll just play this for you guys. So hopefully you find it valuable and uh, you enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mortgage Coach Friday Mastermind. Every Friday, nine o'clock, we are here to bring amazing guests, have an amazing conversation. Uh, Todd, when when is number 300? I, is, I forgot what day it is. Two weeks. September Two 16th. Weeks. The 15th. Okay. So 16th. The 15th. 16th, the 16th. Thank you. So mark your calendar, guys. We're going to have the the number 300 show of this Friday Mastermind. Don't know what we're going to talk about yet, but it will. We'll try to make it a great conversation. Todd, anything you want to say before we bring on the special guest today and frame the conversation? You know, I'm just always, uh, you know, as always, I can't believe we're hitting, you know, episode number 298, right? I mean, you and I've been doing this now for over six years, and we've been, you know, super fortunate to have. Uh, great guests along the way, great co-hosts along the way, and uh, just such a privilege to be part of part of this community. And you know, I'm really excited to have Kevin back on. I think Kevin has, you know, long ago officially become the most involved real estate agent in our community. And you know, I'm I'm always I always love it because you know Kevin and I are so busy, even though we you know live uh, you know half hour apart. Um, and ironically, I actually spent a lot of time working in Kevin's office, but we literally never have time to talk. And so although we just uh, had coffee uh, about two weeks ago, uh, it's it's always good to have time uh, to spend with Kevin. And I'll, I'll kind of frame it this way, right? Kevin spent a lot of time in here. And, you know, he's always really generous with his time with our community and, you know, always has something really relevant to say. And oftentimes when we have a market like this, you know, loan officers, you know, go quiet, right? They stop, uh, they stop really doing what they need to do. Um, and talk to real estate agents. So I think that this conversation today is going to be just one that everyone needs to have some great takeaways to, to then turn around and have conversations with uh, your partners around you who need, they need you now more than ever. So um, before I introduce Kevin though, let's bring on Deborah Bird, our other co-host with the most. Well, one of these days I'm going to send Kevin a Texas Rangers hat so he can quit wearing that damn Dodgers one, almost the same color for Rangers, but I'm excited to have you on because Kevin, I know you're so real and authentic. And I know we're talking about a shifting market and you're going to shoot it to us straight. So I'm excited. I've got my notepad, my win by noon planner, and I'm ready to take lots of notes. So let's go. All right, guys. So so here's how I'd love to have the conversation, Kevin. 
let's assume that the majority of the people watching this are mortgage professionals, loan officers among the country's best. Let's try to deliver this in a way that they'll want to watch the recording with one of their real estate agents. Like it'd be a great conversation to have with a realtor or a group of realtors. And so really what we're going to do now becomes a resource to our community to have a better conversation together and to deliver more value. So um, for anyone who hasn't heard you before, could you just remind folks of the kind of impact you're making in housing? Because you've, you know, you've got a lot of realtors in your network. You're doing a lot of business in your local community. Could you just give us an overview? Yeah. First of all, I got to say, like, that's a lot of pressure, though, with uh, getting ready to take notes. I just relax, put the pen down. If I say something smart, I'll say it really slow. And like, you won't have to be writing that, <laughs> that much. Trust me. Um, so obviously, as you said, my name is Kevin Kaufman. So I've got a I, I run a real estate team. I've got a business partner. Uh, we're based in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, and we will, we do a few hundred transactions, hundred ish million, uh, in volume every year have for quite some time been in business with my business partner since, uh, February of 2014, primarily in Phoenix, though we still do sell a little bit of real estate in other cities. Uh, but Phoenix is home base and sort of our primary focus on that side of things. Um, our business has evolved quite a bit over the years and, Really, you know, Dave, this is, I think the reason why we connect so well and the, and the reason why Todd and I have connected so well is it always seems to connect around building more of a community uh, with, within real estate professionals. And so what I mean by that is there was a time where the main focus of our sales business was actually uh, an expansion model where we were selling uh, just as much, actually more real estate outside of Phoenix than we were inside. Uh, everything from that to I started a Facebook group a few years ago, about, I guess, four or five years ago now called Next Level Agents and kind of probably got 25, 30,000 members in that group. Uh, and that's just a, you know, a free resource online community, right? That's sort of what I would call non-denominational. So I don't care what brokerage you're at. I don't care what coaching company you pay. Uh, we're all real estate professionals and we should be helping each other. And then, um, got a podcast that I run as well for effectively the same reason. Cause I like to, I like to sit people down and pick their brain and learn from them and, uh, and give a stage to people that don't normally get stages uh, because they don't fit the status quo of what their brokerage or their coaching company or whoever has a stage uh, likes to, likes to highlight and feature. And so I uh, do that. And then uh, I've also got within another community at EXP Realty. So I spent my first 11 years at Kid Keller Williams uh, and then in June of 2018, picked up our business and moved over to, to EXP Realty, where we've got a community of about 2,000 agents or so that we also uh, work with very closely to sort of help lead and guide and, you know, to bring culture and whatnot too. So got my my thumb on the, on the pulse of it, if you will, on the sales side on the ground here in Phoenix, but also... I effectively spend all day, every day talking to real estate agents around the country. Like just an hour ago, I was on the phone with a good buddy of mine who is the number one agent in Lexington, Kentucky by a mile. And so we are spending time talking about, I, I talk to people like him effectively every day. So, so guys, just connect the dots on this. So the thing that I would say, I mean, all of it's impressive, you know, running a team that consistently does over a hundred million in real estate is impressive. Uh, but, but, Having the being the, the type of person that 2,000 other real estate agents would trust to say, Hey, I'm going to come under EXP under you guys, they have options. You know, all these agents 
could go to other platforms. They could go to other EXP leaders, but you know, the platform that, that Kevin's created and the person that he is, it's like 2000 other agents said, I wanna be under EXP with you. So this is a real treat, everybody. Like, don't worry about taking notes because we recorded it. Uh, so you can you can rewatch it and hopefully this will be a great resource. So Kevin, let's let's just dig in. Um, what are you doing to to thrive and what are you coaching other realtors to do to thrive in this shifting market? You know, I'll tell you what I uh, uh, gosh, it was a conversation yesterday with my team and I um, I've got a business with my on my my sales team where truthfully, I haven't had to um, had to is not the right word. I don't, uh, it's about as close to a seventh level real estate sales team as, as you're going to find that, that doesn't include family. Um, meaning I, I don't spend a ton of time actually actively in the business. I generate business for it. And I, I, you know, coach up our agents and spend time with them and whatnot. So yesterday I was, I was, I was talking to a group of our agents, five of them, and we were, we're running this, uh, what we call accountability group, which, you know, is something I want, I want to talk about as well today. And, there were just, we we're kind of like after the meeting, we were talking about like what's going on, what should we be doing activity wise, things like that. What am I concerned with? What am I seeing? And um, I'll, I'll tell you one of the things I shared with them that is true within my team, but true more so in the whole business, in the entire industry, which is I'm really worried for a lot of, a uh, lot of my friends. I'm worried for a lot of professionals that I love and uh, and like, and that I believe are, are about to have a, have a hard time, uh, in the business because things are changing and they haven't yet changed their activities. And, you know, I'm not the doom and gloom guy on the market. I know a lot of people would say nothing's changed at all. Other people would say the sky's falling. Uh, I tend to be a little more centered on most things. And so, uh, that's, this is no different, but what I am very clear on is what helped real estate professionals be successful a year ago is no longer relevant. It's no longer good. It's relevant's not the right word. It's no longer good enough. And so um, the conversations I'm really having right now are about like, how are you spending your working hours? Like when, if you've got, let's say eight hours to work a day, as an example, um, and you're doing that five days a week or six days a week, like what are you doing? What are you doing during those hours matters more now than it has at any time in the last probably five or six years, in my opinion. And so having deep conversations about that has been something that's been a reoccurring theme the last few months. So, so question to everyone watching, you know, the market has changed. Um, have you changed? And, and then really, and, and what's changed? What have you stopped doing? What have you started doing? And could you just call out some of the things that when you think of this new market, things that people were doing before they should stop doing. If you're still doing this, stop. And things that in this market, you need to be doing this. What comes to mind? Top two or three stop starts. You know what? What comes to mind mostly is um, you actually, I'm going to say this could sound a little crude, but I'm, I'm going to say it because I think it, I think everyone will understand it when I say it. A buddy of mine owns a brokerage and he, uh, he actually in your old stomping grounds there, there, Dave. And he was telling me that he was talking to a couple of his top agents who were all relatively new in the business. So last like four, four years or less. And he said to them recently, he said, listen, you're going to have to stop having one night stands with your leads and start building long-term relationships with them. Everything has changed. And that is, 
I think so true. If you, if you think about that for a moment, like we've been order takers. I got licensed in 2007. I remember going to Keller Williams real estate, uh, Keller Williams mega agent camp in Austin, Texas in 2008. And Gary Keller was talking about this thing called order takers and how the last run up had these order takers that were then already getting out of the business. And I, I really didn't have a concept for what that was like. Uh, and now I do. I, I absolutely understand the term order taker in our, in our, in our profession. And those days are now officially gone. It's not to say things were easy for the last couple of years on everything, because certainly representing buyers could be a challenge. And um, I believe it was a lot easier than it, than what it is today and what it's about to be over the next 12 to 18 months. So understanding the difference of literally having to be skill-based and hone skills in sales, it's not even just sales. It's more like the process uh, of of helping somebody through a transaction, both on the buyer side and the seller side. But more importantly, like backing up, nothing matters until you actually have a client. Like nothing matters until you get hired, right? Until somebody agree, signs on the dotted line and uh, hires you to list their property or hires you to hopefully we're, we're getting hired to sell them a property to help them on, buy, on the buy side as well uh, with contracts. Until someone signs on the dotted line, it doesn't matter. That's our, that's our top priority. And the bad news is that today, it, you know, if it took us, let's say, 10 appointments to get uh, five people to hire us last year or the year before, um, and if those 10 appointments took, took 30 phone calls, well, now it's probably going to take 60 phone calls, and it might take 15 appointments to get those five or six people to hire us if, if we're going to reach our goal. And that's kind of sucks. Um, but... It sucks to think, are you telling me I have to work twice as hard? Uh, no, but maybe it's 1.75 or 1.5 times as hard, right? Maybe you do need to make one and a half times the calls that you were making before and hold one and a half times the appointments that you were holding before just to keep your income the same. So if you wanted to raise, bad news, right? But to me, and this is where the perspective comes in, the good news in all of that is even if you maintain in a time like this that we're in and go and just at the beginning of, I believe that you come out the other side, like significantly ahead of the pack, like in a massive way. And so while it's sort of bad news, it's also in my mind, it's all really good news. I'm, I'm excited for this market. Um, it's probably the first time I've been excited about a real estate market in, in quite a while. So, so let's stay in the pocket on this. Cause I have some things to call out and a question, but before I do that, Todd, is there anything you want to comment on that or expand that staying in the in this particular topic? And then Deborah, I'll give you after Todd. Oh, come on. Kevin's talking my love language, right? He used the word accountability, although he doesn't want to call it accountability anymore because I know, I know we're going to get there. But you know, you just said that an agent may have to, maybe it took 10 calls before to get the number of closings they want, you know, with but now it may take 60 calls. And I think that's the real challenge, right? I see that in the loan officer world. I had the same conversation with a loan officer yesterday who wants to increase their business, but is, is, is not increasing their activity. So how are you encouraging them to do it? And then question number one, and then number two is, you know, the pushback that I always hear people say is, well, who to call? So if you can just talk about how you're encouraging it and then who you're telling them to call, that would be great. You know, Todd, I struggle with the encouragement part. Um, uh, like I'm the guy, like one of the things that I heard a buddy of mine say years ago, and I've just repeated it a thousand times since, which is I don't want to drag anybody to the starting line. 
So I, I do struggle. Like I, I'll encourage my friends. I can encourage people I love. I have a hard time encouraging people to do their job. Uh, I've chosen to just not work with people like that and to not spend time with people that need to be encouraged to do the bare minimum. Um, it's not that I can't love those people. I just can't be in business with those people or, or I can't spend my, my time with those people. Um, not that they don't need the love. I'm just not the right guy for them. And so that said, uh, I'm a, I feel a lot stronger about like internal motivation. Like, do they have a reason to do the job? Do they have a reason to get up and go every day? Do they have a reason why they need to sell three houses next month and then, and three more the following month and three more the fall. Like, do they, now, if they have that reason, that's cool. That's great. Cause then I can teach them what to do. I don't, I just don't feel like I can really impact. Uh, you know, I can tell them the books that I like that inspired me and motivated me and, and all that. And it's important. I just, I'm not sure that I'm the guy for that. So I, I do struggle to be honest. I struggle with that. Um, I, I rambled on so long of the first part of your question. Will you repeat your, the second part of your question for me, Todd? Yeah. The second part is then if they've got to increase their activity and call more people, like how are you help? Who are you telling them to call? How are they figuring that? Because they all say, well, that's great, Kevin. What do I do? You know, um, the truth is if I look inside anybody's database, I don't care what CRM they're using. Um, if it's on my team, I can actually look inside of it. Um, there's enough people to call. You just don't want to call them again because you called them once three months ago or, you, or, or, or last week or last month. And so very rarely is, very rarely is the real problem not having enough people to call in my, in my experience. On my team and with the agents I've consulted over the years, it might be clarity around it, but it, it's really not even clarity. It's to me, it's like, um, you know, my, my, uh, a lot of people may know, uh, I've got a dear friend, his name is Ben Kenny, uh, one of the smartest people I've ever met. And he would always tell me like, you complicate things to justify your inaction. And I think we'll complicate, we complicate things by saying, I don't know who to call to justify not doing anything today. And it's just total BS. Like if you really don't have enough people, to call, like you got your license yesterday. And so you don't, okay, cool. Let's start with your phone. Let's literally start with the with the app on your phone that says address book and start at the A's and start calling them and then start writing those people notes. And then if you've been in real estate for any period of time, especially if you've ever bought a lead, uh, go back and try to try to get the money's worth out of those leads you paid for. And then if you're now you're out of people again, go hold an open house or go cold call and uh, you know, circle prospect, fill in the blank. There's literally hundreds of lead sources out there. So it's really, to me, never about who do I call? It's am I willing to pick up that 800 pound phone? All right, Deborah, anything you wanna add or ask? That, that was just huge, by the way, before Deborah says it. Like, I mean, again, everyone, I always hate to say it because look in the mirror, right? Are you doing that? And I, you know, when I hear that Ben, Quinn, Pin, ben Kinney quote, I'm like, okay, that's, that's at me. I'm looking in the mirror right now myself. So uh, go Deborah. but I'm just like, ear grinning ear to ear right now so i'm thinking for the loan officer who's hosting this and maybe they have a room full of real estate agents in the room are there do you theme the days when you're you know winning by noon and when you're doing your prospecting hour like i 
Dan Keller was recently on and he was talking about, you know, Mondays he calls this top 40 agents, Tuesdays are status update calls. So do you theme the days to give clarity and focus? And if so, what are those for the week? I think that's a great way to do that. I don't like to theme through the day. I have, uh, I just, I'm, I'm a, per, so me personally, first I'll talk about me and then like what I would maybe coach an agent on my team about me personally. I'm, I need, uh, something, I need a more simple system to where like a, like a clearer priority. Right. So granted, I'm not doing client updates, talking to real estate agents and the client, you know, and then like a, uh, like a loan update call. So it's a little bit different, but I'm just going, who are the three to five most important people? Like I have to call these people today or connect with. And then from there, everything else is like, so there's priority one and then there's everything else. Right. And it could technically, I guess, all be ranked, but for me, it's all about my A list. So I do A, B, C and D my, my list of sphere of influence. Um, I also, you know, another, another kind of theme that I've always liked, Deborah, that uh, a good buddy of mine and business partner in EXP, Eric Kelly has, has always operated by, he coined a term called five and five. So, which I, which I love, cause it's a very simple thing, which is uh, five connects a day with somebody in a sphere of influence to just further the relationship. And then five connects a day with somebody in the sales cycle. And if you could just do that, like you're going to build a really great business. So I need simpler themes personally, um, because uh, the alphabet thing and all that stuff, like, it's just, I don't know that it's almost overwhelming for me. Uh, when I, when I'm working buyer seller leads, if you will, anything that's brand new gets called right now. And then, and then right now again, and then right now again, and right now again, I think we've talked about that before, probably uh, on one of my previous um, talks here. And then it's all about follow-up. Like I can't tell you, like the agents on my team that have been with me for a long time. And even those that are uh, like, I got one in uh, Colorado who's no longer on my team, runs his own business, but we're still business partners uh, on a few things that like, especially through EXP. Like we still laugh to this day because I was so hard on him about following up on the same leads that we bought the previous month and six months before that. And the reality is, is, like you, you cannot call and text and connect with those people enough, in my opinion. And so it's, it's like, it's follow-up. It's the follow-up. Like the, the fortune is in the follow-up. I know we've all heard that cliche, that cliche saying, but it's cliche for a reason because it's true and it works. If you just, I, like I built my whole business on that, on, on the follow-up and knowing that when I got a new lead, they really weren't like, they're probably not closing in the next 30 or even 90 days. Some warm referrals do, but most leads were closing in the next 12 to 18 months. And I just, I was like, cool. I don't care when you close. I just want to be the guy you close with. So, so I want to make a couple of comments, share a few ideas and then get your impression. So, I, I mean, so far guys, I hope the notes you've gotten, I love how you kicked it off with, uh, we got to stop dating our clients and really building uh, deep and valuable relationships where they, you know, and not just client for life, but like, you know, value for life. I love, I love that you called out that people that aren't going to do the bare minimums, like hope everybody heard it. He's not working with them. So, I, and we're in a market right now where if people aren't doing the right activities and they won't, aren't willing to, they're, they're not going to survive. That said, the struggle is going to get 
I believe is going to be to have the LO and the real estate agent. So not just to have that data, but to actually use it. Like, right. you, well, that's, like that's kind of where Steve de la Viega came to a couple of weeks ago. We had him on here, had a similar conversation. He had a similar uh, message to everyone, you know, that we, you know, how, no matter how you say it, we got to go beyond. I did taught client, Steve everything to have that the I know. To do it. You know, like the loan officer needs to be monitoring the data and making the calls and and bringing back, and for every loan officer listening to this, like your goal when you're talking to that cash out alert, yes, you want to do a loan and you'd be great showing the cash out, but I'd make your number one goal, try to get a CMA for an agent. So like this is a family that has some, you know, wants to know how to manage this next stage financially. Well, let's get a CMA for an agent. So you've got a, a listing appointment and then let's help them. Like, hey, should you move up? Should you move down? Or should you refinance? And lots of times, even in this market, moving up is what makes sense. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, it, to me, it, it all comes back to give me a reason to call, to make the phone call and to build the relationship, right? That's all, that's all it's about, in my, in my opinion. If I can further the relationship, there'll be a transaction or there'll be a point eventually, or maybe 11 points where, we, where I make money, where I'm, where I'm able to monetize it and able to help them by moving them forward. Maybe it's a, you know, the refi or maybe it's the move up or the investment property with some of the equity, thing, things like that. I, I think those are all like they're spot on. The challenge is, and I believe the challenge has always been, at least for the time that I've been in the industry, which granted isn't that long, um, the challenge is to get people to actually use the tools that are available. Right. The, the reason, like you mentioned Rocket, the reason why uh, Rocket and like Zillow, et cetera, the reason why those are now so prominent is because they have just found a way uh, to effectively do the things that most agents are not willing to do, which is why most agents are now and they paying do it consistently. Yeah, yeah. No, they they trip. I mean, listen to this, everybody. I've I've spoken at Rocket multiple times. I've done multiple site visits, and the magic is the training and leadership. There, everybody in the organization is trained on best practices, and they have the systems and tools so that everyone in the organization is just doing the, the right activities more consistently than everyone else. Uh, so it's it's all skill-based training and consistent best practice activities. And guys, we're here to support you. Uh, Win by noon will help support you uh, in, in terms of building a social media platform, building a brand, Deborah is. And uh, so let's do this. I wanna make sure we have time to do this book review. Any book that you've read six times recently, and it it totally dominated your lunch with Todd. I want to I want to have time for that. So let's go rapid fire. We got ten minutes. Give us other ideas. You know, maybe we don't unpack them as much, but everybody comes away from this with three ish great ideas on the right activities in this market. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna move away from like a sales activity for a moment, uh, and I just believe this is a wise business activity, uh, but. But reviewing, being real about expenses, it's so easy as, as over the last couple of years for expense creep to come in. Uh, I recorded a podcast on this recently, it, and it was really just like a reiteration of a of a article I had written for Inman 
uh, at the beginning of COVID about tightening the belt for your, for your business, right? Tightening the financial belt and really reviewing things. I remember, um, I think it was 2015, I got an email from Gary Keller and had these, these points in it that are actually relevant today. They, weren't, they were really weren't that relevant then, but they're super relevant right now. Um, and one of those things was like, make it a game with expense, with your expense management, like try to reduce your expenses by 10% every single month. And so like the game I've always played, or I shouldn't say I, my business partner, I've always played is like, could we read, could we get rid of this expense, whatever this is? And if we did, would it impact production? And if the answer is no, it won't impact production. We're going to cut it. And we've all, we've also done a, uh, in conjunction with that. We've always identified, we've always had like, here's things that we would cut if things get tight, if things slow down, here's what would go next. So it's almost like an ABC list of like what to cut. Like right now we should cut it. It's pure fat. This would be the thing that we cut if things really get tight uh, or, you know, start to tighten up a lot. And then here's the drastic cuts we would take, you know, maybe that's the C list. Uh, in addition to that, uh, of habit we got in when we started doing that was just literally reviewing finances, like actually every dollar spent in the business once a week. So grab the, the statement for the credit card or the debit card uh, on Monday mornings or Friday afternoons and line by line, does anything stick out? Does anything look weird here? It just And when you do that, it, I mean, obviously it doesn't take that much time uh, and it helps your bookkeeper immensely from having to ask you questions about things that actually might be one-time expenses and things like that. Uh, so I think that's super important. Uh, being more visible than ever, super important. So whether you're uh, an agent or a lender like leading a team, so you, you know, let's say you're a real estate agent and you've got, uh, you've got other agents, buyers agents, listing agents, whatever, uh, and staff, like being more present and visible than ever, I think is something you've got to do. Like, like if you're making lead gen calls, make the lead gen calls with them. Make sure that they see you doing that. Um, be more present with your clients, the consumers. I, I, I think, you know, you've probably heard this a million times. It's been beat to death, but consumers are more confused than ever. I mean, so are agents for that matter. And so are lenders for that matter. People are more confused than ever. Uh, and so the more, um, real talk and straight talk and, uh, reality-based conversations you can have, like it, it, those are going to benefit you. And then the other thing, I, like I've been telling people for the last few months, especially as things started to change is let's don't get caught up and don't let a good story distract you from the facts because there's still good stories out there. And again, it seems to be the good story is either the sky is falling or I got a hundred offers on my house this weekend in, in 42 hours, you know, 48 hours or whatever. It seems, you know, if it's on the news, it's still, cause it's still eight weeks old. Uh, if it's on a website, it might actually be something totally not true. That's about the sky falling. Don't let those, like if your conversations, the conversations that you're having with your consumers are based on the news or something I could hear at work, you're not just quit now. Like be a professional and understand the stats and the numbers and the truth of the market in your marketplace. If you don't understand that, like you better, like you got to learn. 
All right, guys. So we are really close to changing the chapter. If anyone's watching this and you have a question, uh, let them know. We did put a link to um, the Kevin's podcast, and it was all around tightening your financial belt or financial belt tightening. So check out that podcast, and you can hear Kevin talk about that particular tactic and strategy in more detail. Uh, Todd, anything else you want to try to pull out of you know just what realtors should be doing and how loan officers and realtors should be partnering before we flip the, the page? Well, I mean, I love the idea of being more visible and the fact that um, I love your your wrapper on it, Kevin. Don't let a good story uh, distract you from the facts. Kevin and I were both at a, a social media event the other day. Now, Kevin's so good at it. He, I don't think he was there to learn. He was there to actually support someone in his EXP network that was promoting the event. Um, but Kevin's there, he's adding value, you know, to folks along the way. So when you say be visible, you know, what do you think, you know, I, I like the idea of getting alongside your team and calling with your team, but how can you be more visible to your clients? I, I mean, I, I think that's actually calling them maybe like literally it's communication. It's here's the, here's the way I've, I've always wanted to frame it. I want to answer the question before it's asked, uh, regardless mm -hmm. of the market regardless of how the market, whether it's up or down, like this started me in my short sale days. Cause I was, I like, I'm, I also don't like talking on the phone. So I'm, I'm annoyed when I have to get, when I get distracted from something to answer a question for something that I really shouldn't have to answer. So it's like, how can I give you everything you need? That's the truth. That's factual. That will answer your question before I ask. So that way, when I do call you at our scheduled time, like you're going, oh, no, yeah, no, I, I don't think I actually have any questions, right? Or it's very simple. And so I, for me, it is coming up with some sort of cadence of communication. So think about the last three years. If you're a real estate agent that has had, uh, that got into the market in the last three years, you have no idea what it's like to update your sellers with showing information. You've only had to go through offers. So to talk to your your seller for, maybe three, four or five weeks in a row to review showing data, as opposed to the 20 offers you got, that takes a different, that's a different talk. That's a completely different talk, especially when starting from expectation at the listing appointment all the way through. And so if you haven't had to do that, like that's just a different skill than, hey, here's your offers, right? Hey, here's the, here's the amount of showings we have. Here's the feedback. Here's the aggregate of the, of the feedback that we've had. Here's, here's where this lines up with the data we talked about on the last appointment. Here, here's our, here's, you know, what do you want to do going forward? And actually involving them in the strategy. I'm a big believer in um, consulting with my clients and not presenting to my clients. So I want to give them the data and lead them to come up with their own answers that are in alignment with the way I would prefer that they, that they do it. Love it, guys. So, you know, kind of closing wrapper on this chapter of the conversation is get out there and educate. Consumers are more confused than ever. Realtors are. Uh, it did remind me, you know, two of the interviews I've done this, you know, in the past few months where the loan officer was actually up. Uh, you know, Denise Donahue was one of those. Nicole um, Ruth was one of those. Uh, this is a an 18 minute video that's been watched over 2000 times from a few weeks ago. I, I put a link down below guys. I, I can't recommend enough that you watch this conversation with Nicole. If you look at the show notes down below, she also showed a few examples of how she's, I love what you said, 
consulting. You know, this is a three-minute mortgage coach video where, where she is consulting and she's showing an agent, like a listing agent, you know, look, this is how you could do a two, how a two-one buy-down would make this house more affordable. And, and here's how a permanent buy-down might avoid a price reduction. And 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 here's here here are strategies to make this home more saleable. So so if you're a mortgage coach on this, you need to be educating your your um, listing agents, your buyers agents, on how financing can help sell a home. At the end of the day, uh, Kevin, anything else you want to say before we get into the book review? I'm going to say you know this is uh, you didn't ask me to say this, but I, I mean I'm just going to say it. you have, when you have a tool like like mortgage coach and you could actually visually share these things use like that's the those are the those are the things that you've got to be putting in front of your clients anything something that gives them the truth so that way they're not just worried about because the rates went up or they heard the fed's gonna not like the noise of the news and all that like forget about that look 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 for the facts that you can share um i love that when you have something like a tool like mortgage coach where you actually have things that are relevant to the consumer I'd be making that like the, that's, that's my story. Yeah. And the one other thing I wanted to add about getting in front of your clients is guys, we're, we're two thirds of the way done with the year. And although we have four months left, there's only 92 business days left because of all the holidays, but the holidays are a great time to reconnect and re-engage. And whether you're doing friendly competitions where it's the best, you know, pumpkin carving competition with your clients or agents. It's an easy way to pick up the phone and have an excuse to call. So I'll put a link in the chat too of a webinar that Todd and I hosted for Win by Noon of how to host events before, during, and after, and how to do all the planning. So y'all can go back and rewatch that. But don't forget to maximize the opportunity that the last, you know, couple months of the year has that you can re-engage with people. Awesome. So great, great stuff. We'll have some closing thoughts as we wrap this up, but we've got 18 minutes left, Kevin. And I know there's a book that you've read six times recently and uh, something you're very passionate about. You know, first of all, what, what is the book? Why six times? And what are some takeaways you want to share? So the, the book is called, this is worth writing down. So Deborah, get your pen uh, or whoever else is taking notes. Uh, the three people like it's called Die With Zero by Bill Perkins, Die With Zero. And um, I'm gonna, I'll just share a little story. So the person that, that recommended this to me uh, was, is my good friend and business partner through EXP, um, Curtis Johnson. And he, we just, he kind of casually recommended it at dinner in late June, it was June 19th, in fact. Um, and we, we were at dinner and he recommended, he's like, oh, I just read this book, it's pretty good. And I was, and I, I think of Curtis as like, the, you know, I jokingly will say he probably has cash in a Folgers can that's buried in the backyard. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I know how to spend money. Like, in fact, I'm like, I'm, I'm really comfortable spending money. Uh, and he's like, no, 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 read it. So I was like, all right, man, I love you. Uh, so I'm going to read it. And the, the thing about this book is I, I would say this, it's the nuanced conversation of being responsible financially fiscal, you know, financially for the future. However, it's also about not going overboard. So I like to tell people, if you are, if you don't have an income or don't know how to save uh, or invest, 
Um, it may, might not be good for you. And in fact, it, it would be okay. There's parts of it, but, and then if you're like this type of person that just makes a lot of money, but also spends it like what I'd call a drunken sailor, it's probably not the book for you, but it's that nuanced conversation in the middle and it intersects money, it intersects health, life experiences and life stages. And it's really, a, it really is the nuance between all of those things that has, um, I mean, it just, you know, it's forced me into a totally different perspective and um, I can't say enough good things about it. Well, well and it's, um, it, it was funny because, you know, you and I got together for coffee and like I said, it came up in the first few minutes and I'd seen it in a thread somewhere on Facebook, you know, someone who I respect, I don't even remember who it was, had, you know, recommended the book. And, you know, the interesting thing about it was I've always been an experienced guy, right? And, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, impacted you, Kevin, you know, you said you went out and you booked like a really nice Disneyland vacation for your family. You guys have spent a few weeks every summer in San Diego, and now you're going to um, be spending, you know, maybe even more time there next summer. So can you talk about that experience piece? Because that's one part of it. And then let's also then shift after that to the money part of it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about the experience thing in a minute, but the thing I want to say first is, um, you know, most, I thought this is just going to be like any other money book, not just like any other money book, but a money book. Right. And most money books are the same. There's a few really good ones, but the, the, the quote unquote problem with the money books is they're typically teaching you about how to optimize your net worth. And this book is about optimizing your life fulfillment. And so they're, they're, they're drastically different. And I'm a believer in there's only one priority that you don't, there's no such thing as priorities. I believe there's, there is the priority and then everything else you like can tell priority is no longer the priority. Nothing else is. Um, and so optimizing for life fulfillment versus net worth, drastically different things, although there's a lot of crossover. So you talk about experience, um, you know, yeah, that, that, that is the thing. Like there's practical tools in here to help you. Like if you're the type of person who maybe struggles with how to do experiences or whatever, I mean, he's got this concept in, in there of, uh, that really stuck out to me of experience points, literally having like a point value. So like the example that, that I shared with Todd that he sort of just referenced there is, so my family, we go two, three weeks every year uh, to San Diego and rent a beach house. So let's just say that's worth a thousand points on my system and my scale. And I'm, I get to decide what my scale is, but maybe a trip to Hawaii is 5,000 points. Maybe a trip to the ice cream shop is 20 points, you know, but literally having the scale of experience points, if you really to like chart things out. So that's one thing. Uh, and then he's other got this, he's also got this other model that goes in alignment with experience points called life buckets. So times in your life, because so much of this is about where you're at in your life. Now think about it. When most people, when your health is at its peak for most people is like when their net worth is at its lowest, right? Early twenties. So your health is at its peaking and your net worth is typically lower than not everybody, but, but most. And, uh, and even if you're like a super fit 50 year old, you're not as fit as a super fit 25 year old, and you're not going to be as, as capable as a super fit 75 year old, as you are as a super fit 50 year old. So there's these things to take into consideration. Think about your typical person who maybe does a great job with retirement and savings and they retire at say the age of 65 and they finally take that cruise like, and they go on this cruise 
and they get off the boat and they're injured in five minutes, right? There's so many injuries that happen because they, they didn't take care of themselves or they, and, or they waited to a point in their life. So there's these buckets of our life where certain experiences are actually worth more because there are certain things that we can experience at 40 that we're probably not going to be able to experience at 70. And there was experiences at 25 that I'm probably not going to experience now in my forties or fifties and so on and so forth. So he does a great job of kind of do uh, this concept of life buckets and how that intersects with experience, experiences and experience points. And then there's this other concept. And I think this will be, this will probably, I think everyone will resonate with this, a memory dividend. So I will think about the best family vacation you've ever taken in your life or the best vacation period. Um, and then think about for the years after that, how many times you showed the pictures, shared the stories, thought about it. So you, so you end up like those experience points actually pay you a dividend, right? So I got this experience of uh, going to Greece or to Italy or to Hawaii or whatever, and it or this massive cruise. And that was great in the moment, but often what happens, especially as you get towards the end of life, um, it's those memories that have actually paid you more than the experience itself. And so just the book is really does a really good job of centering you on that to be purposeful in, in kind of creating those things that will pay you uh, memory dividends in the future. And then just being real, like part of it is like, this, this is probably not a fun subject. Uh, you know, you re actually both Todd and Dave, you guys both said something about it, but like the, the weeks in life poster, that's where that came for me. Right. Because part of this is about um, part, part of this is about like literally getting real. And if you really want to follow the advice in the book, there's some exercises to go through and uh, take an educated guess at when you're going to die. I mean, because unfortunately we're all going to die. Like that's so far the world is undefeated uh, and we all die eventually. And so taking a real stab at that and then making sure that we, uh, that we're, that we're optimizing for fulfillment, fulfillment and not just net worth. Wow. I, I love all the concepts. The bullseye is life fulfillment. Kind of the compass to get there is money, experience, health. Um, I, I wrote down seasons because I was just thinking seasons in life, but I yep. think life buckets. Um, yeah. I love that term memory dividend. I think we can all intuitively get that different experiences create different memory dividends. Um so, so guys, we got 10 minutes left. If the audience, you guys have any questions, uh, whether it's about the book or the other things, put those in comments now. Uh, Todd, anything else you want to pull out of this? Because I know you spent 90 minutes uh, talking about this book. I don't, have you, have you got it yet, but Todd, have you started reading the book or listening to the oh, book? Oh, no, I read it. I read it. I read it months ago. It okay, was, so it was on right. my, All right, yeah, on. in fact, yeah, I, I read it, but I re- I re-skimmed it, right? I, you know, I, I highlight everything. So I re-skimmed it after Kevin and I talked about it because it was impactful on me because it changed my mindset around money, right? I grew up, my dad is super cheap. His parents were super cheap. You know, my grandparents all died with a lot of money that they'd given to my parents who don't need it and my aunts and uncles who don't need it. And uh, my parents thankfully are still alive. And, you know, I don't know how much money they have, but it's, it's probably pretty sizable just as my guests. And, um, and not that they didn't do great things for us as kids, but we, we had a, we had a great life. I always, you know, joked, I was the poorest of the rich kids. Cause I had a job to support what I did to keep up with my friends, but where it's impacted me because, 
He talks about um, also giving, charitable giving while you're alive and then helping your family while you're alive to see it. And so for me, one of the impacts is on the fact that I've got kids in their 20s who transparently are going to be poor. They're you know, going to be two of them are going to be school teachers. And you know, one of them is going to be a therapist trying to you know, help people overcome anxiety issues. And, you know, I realized that I can be more impactful to their lives now, having them stress less about money and have better experiences if I help them now versus, you know, save my pennies like, you know, like other people have. So that was one, one takeaway. And any other part of it was, is that one of the things that I appreciate about uh, Kevin, I've only got a couple of friends. I've, you know, I used to do a, a literally a weekly, then I went monthly, and now it's kind of a couple times a year finance meeting with Josh Metal. So Kevin talked about how, you know, he and Fred, his business partner, have these meetings every week about money. And, you know, I do think you have to find friends who are, who you can chat with. So I can share openly with Kevin. We talk about money and we talk about, um, you know, having, you know, what's the number that you need to have. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time, you know, nerding out over dividend stocks and other stuff that, you know, transparently, I don't have those conversations with other people that I, that I really enjoyed. So, you know, that was a piece of it. And then the last thing I'll say, and then I'll be quiet and let you and Deb ask some questions, but is Kevin interviewed him on his podcast. So over in the sidebar, we put uh, the link to his podcast. So make sure you subscribe to it. And then the other part is, is that if, when you find value in it, make sure you leave him a review, right? I mean, people who have podcasts, the way you get more viewers is by having reviews and downloads. So definitely make sure you hit the subscribe button. And then Kevin, when's your interview with him coming out in the next week or two? Uh, Monday, actually. Yeah, I think we'll have it out on, on Monday. So if all goes well with editing, which last I checked it, we were on track. So uh, yeah, Monday, Monday, that interview will be out. And he was awesome. He was, uh, he was very uh, insightful. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. You know, that's, you know, that's not kind of the key. And then I think the last thing, actually, I said it was my last thing, but I'm cutting you off, Dave. Dave, you, you posted that chart or the number of weeks that you have left, but, you know, listen to some of the past calls that Dave and Kevin and I have done on health. And you'll find out that, you know, Kevin is uh, my sole brother in my health journey. And, um, and so even though you have to be cognizant of what that end looks like, you know, he and I are making uh, strides in our lives and our family's lives to, to live longer. So check those out as well. All right. So, so one, one thing that from my perspective, I already bought the book. I just bought it while we were talking. Gotta love, uh, you know, how easy it is to buy something on Amazon or, or buy something digitally. Uh, but here's my push after hearing the thesis on this. You know, we talk all the time about being the captain of the wealth team. Uh, we talk about, you know, the financial literacy crisis in America. And to me, this book just sounds like a, a must read, you know, on the path as a mortgage or real estate professional. If you want to be financially literate, it sounds like this book unpacks things beyond just rule of 72. Uh, should I invest in real estate versus stocks? No, this is about life. You know, I love that financial literacy is about life fulfillment. I mean, at the end of the day, we we want money, you know, for security. We want money for experiences. We want money for all these things. So uh, must read. I will have it read by next week. Uh, Deborah, any questions you have or anything you want to call out before we run out of time today? No, just that, you know, I think anyone who follows me or knows me well, my my health game needs to uh, level up. In fact, Todd only helped with this matter where he sent me a ton of Oreos and goldfish. And I knew it was him because as I was looking out the window, someone was unbagging and I saw fruit and some and my niece was here and she was like, did you order groceries? I'm like, I don't order 
I think those are oranges. That's not for me. I don't order oranges. And I'm like, oh my gosh, once I saw it, I'm like, this has got to be Todd because he also mixed in some water. So this is something that I'm personally, I say this every year and I fail every year when it comes to health. I need to grow up with what I eat and what I feed my body. I'm taking small baby steps. Todd, you did not help me this week, but I'm going to recommit and read this book. And hopefully the more information I get, it'll be enough pain to cause me to just get my butt in gear and grow up. So I also wanted to ask this question from Paul. He said, where does Kevin get his information, statistics, documentation to support advice for clients? If the internet or news are not good sources, what do you recommend for that kind of evidence to help? I mean, we're really lucky here in Phoenix because we have something called the Cromford Report, which is the best, uh, the best data available for our housing market. That said, regardless of it, regardless of market, um, there's a there's a low. I haven't been to a city yet. I've been to a lot, uh, and I've talked to a lot of real estate agents. There's there's not a city or marketplace that doesn't have some expert on data in their marketplace. And I promise you, it's never a, a reporter. Never ever once is it is it a reporter. Uh, it's good. So whether you got to take that stuff directly from the MLS or there is there is oftentimes a title company rep who is like, they geek out on that stuff. There is somebody in your town, no matter where you live that, and if there's not, by the way, just maybe just become that person who geeks out on the real data. Uh, and it's just not hard. It's not that hard to get. You can just get it directly from the MLS. And also guys, Keeping Current Matters is a great resource. The Keeping Current Matters blog is an incredible resource. And then I wanna push everybody in our community if there are some trusted sources of content that you have in your city, just share it. Like that might one help another member. So share it in our group, share it in this thread. What are your most trusted sources of data and insights in your market? And then that brings up another thing, you know, as I've interviewed a lot of the best of the best, because this is such a, we got to educate people market in, in every market. A lot of the mortgage coaches will have two or three. TCAs, total cost analysis that are part of that. And then they're going to have five to 20 slides. So as you find this data, you want to put it into a slide kit. I use Google Slides, but I don't care whether you use, you know, PowerPoint, Keynote. I would just push everybody, have your go-to. Like every month, I update my go-to slides that I use for edgy selling. You know, at the end of the day, I'm educating. But yeah, I want to bring on members of Mortgage Coach and Sales Boomerang. You guys want to recruit, recruit realtors and home buyers, home sellers, people that need loans, have that, that slide kit. Do you do that by any chance, Kevin? Do you have like a kind of like slides of the month or kind of a toolkit of content that you are ready to show when the time is right? It's, you know, we don't actually go through the comp making content out of it. We just like, we use the data and, and interpret it in conversations. Okay, and so, so you, so, like we'll take commentary, like a write-up and, and the raw numbers of whether it's the overall market or a zip code or a city, whenever we're drilling down like one-on-one -on -one with the client, um, but we don't use it to create content. That would, that makes way too much sense and, and it would be good marketing, so. All right, well, maybe it's something to consider adding. Well, dude, as always, it's just uh, I get energized. I get fired up. I got more work to do now. I've got a book I've got to read over the weekend. Uh, really appreciate you, brother. Any closing words before we close out this call? Anything you want to make sure you tell people? No, man. I just thanks again uh, for allowing me to be part uh, of this community again. I, I appreciate it. Um, 
but I want to ask you what Todd said. I'd love if you guys listen, Bill Perkins will be the guest next week on the podcast. Normally it's a real estate professional, uh, but it's not often you get a chance to, to hunt down one of your favorite authors and get them to spend an hour with you. So I did. And, um, and so hopefully you'll get some value out of it. And I just want to say thanks a lot uh, for, for including me again, guys. Appreciate you, brother. Guys, this is a wrap. If you got value, give it a like, share it with your real estate friends, share it with other loan officers and have a great weekend, everybody. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Join the Kevin and Fred community, part of EXP Realty and partner with us today. You'll get free access to live trainings two or more times a month, live events and in-person masterminds, digital downloads to help you run and scale your business, and much, much more. To learn more and join our community, visit kevinandfred.com slash contact and contact us today. Not ready to join our community? No problem. Continue enjoying all this great content on our podcast for free.